if you've ever had that horrible feeling that you're a fraud, you're not good enough at your job, that everyone's going to realise you have no idea what you're doing, and this is all happening even though you aren't being given any negative feedback at all, and in fact, lots of people tell you you're doing a great job, then it might be that you've been hit by the extremely pesky imposter syndrome. And one thing to let you know straight away is that you are certainly not alone if you are feeling like this, or you have felt like this. It's something that seems to affect so many of us at some point or other in our careers. So it's a topic that I've been meaning to cover for a long time, which means I'm really pleased that in this week's episode of HR Coffee Time, we're going to be talking through four simple but really effective techniques to help you banish imposter syndrome for good. If you haven't listened to HR Coffee Time before, welcome, it is great to have you here. This is a career advice podcast, especially for HR professionals. I'm your host, Faye Wallace, a career coach and outplacement specialist with a background in HR, and I'm also the founder of Bright Sky Career Coaching. And today, you'll get to hear from a wonderful coach who I'm very lucky to have as part of the Bright Sky team. Her name is Jo Lott. She used to work in HR as well, so she also understands what a challenging but rewarding role it can be. And as well as being a successful career coach with a best-selling book about getting your next job, Jo has also branched out to do business coaching through her Business of Coaching group programme, where she helps new coaches to get their coaching businesses up and running successfully. And one of Jo's many areas of expertise is imposter syndrome. I think you're going to find what she has to say about it really helpful. And I'm looking forward to hearing how you get on with the four techniques that she shares with you. So let's move on and get started with the interview. Jo, thank you so much for being here today. It is brilliant to have you on the show. And I thought a really good starting point for our chat today would be for me to ask you if you could share just a little about what exactly imposter syndrome is and also some of the research that you did into imposter syndrome recently. Yeah, that's it. So I think it's a great um, start to the podcast because I think you can think it sounds like really official, this imposter syndrome, I've got this thing and there's nothing I can do about it. And the, the best thing is, there is things you can do about it because it's essentially just a collection of thoughts that you've thought so many times that you think that they are true. So things like, um, I'm not good at sport or I'm terrible at maths. These things that then become part of your identity because you've thought them so, so many times. Um, and, you know, the things I'll share today will be really helpful in interrupting those patterns. And um, like you say, I think it's also a really clever, tricky thing that makes you think that you're the only one feeling those things. And I did a talk at a great Women of Silicon Roundabout talk recently, and I was there in front of, you know, hundreds of amazing senior women and I did a live poll and it was really intriguing because um, 83% of people there believe that others are more intelligent than them. 83% seek external validation yet don't fully believe it when it comes. 80% are afraid that others will discover how little you know. 
75%, when people praise you, you fear you won't live up to their expectations. So, you know, as you can see, those, so nearly everybody has these kind of doubts that we silently feel like we're the only ones. So, yeah, it's reassuring, I think, to know that, that lots of people feel this way and there are things you can do about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's quite shocking when you think how high those statistics are, actually, when you ran that poll. And it also makes me wonder if the people who were feeling fine about all of that will have experienced those thoughts at some other point in their life, but they've maybe built their confidence up or, or done some work that's helped them overcome it. Yes. And of course, as you said, though, despite those scarily high statistics, the good news is that it doesn't have to be this way and that you're going to be sharing four techniques to banish imposter syndrome. And they are part of a mental fitness program called Positive Intelligence. I hadn't really heard about this concept of mental fitness before I met you, and I'd never heard of the positive intelligence thing. So before you dive into the four techniques, it would be great if you could just explain a little bit about that so that we can all understand well, okay, what, what is the positive intelligence program? What do we mean by mental fitness? Yes, exactly. So it's a great six-week program. It's kind of app-based, so it buzzes up on your phone to interrupt those thought patterns that I talked about because something like 97% of the thoughts we think today, we're going to think again tomorrow unless we do something to, to, to put a break in that neural pathway, and that's what I'll show you in a moment. So there's kind of a lots of key messages that come out through the positive intelligence, but I'll share three of the main ones today, which are sort of PQ reps, stage perspective, and um, connecting back to your authentic self, because I think they're really related to imposter syndrome and how you can overcome that. So let's dive straight into some of these fantastic techniques. You mentioned PQ reps. I don't know why I can't get that out. <laughs> I was about to say QP. PQ reps. Can you start off by explaining exactly what they are and how they work? So I like to think of ABC when it comes to interrupting any imposter syndrome thoughts or any other really unhelpful thoughts. So accept the thought, like notice it happening. So ways I do this is like I am is a really good way of thinking. So I am terrible at maths. I am not good enough. That's how you can kind of tell that they're really ingrained beliefs in you because you, you are it's a bit like the fixed mindset, growth mindset thing. You are thinking, that's it. I am no good at that. And I am never going to be any good at that. So the first, um, the A is to accept. The second is to breathe. But there are other ways, which I'll show you. There's four ways to do this. So you can use them in all sorts of different circumstances. And then the, the C is to choose a different option. So the breathing is the thing in the middle or the PQ rep, as we'll do, but PQ didn't fit into my ABC. <laughs> but the, the APC, if you like <laughs> to think of it that way. Um, and then you get to choose a different thought. And the more you start thinking that new thought, the more you'll start creating a new neural pathway, which will be more helpful and empowering for you. Okay, brilliant. So are you going to take us through the different PQ reps now? Yes, I will do. So yeah, um, the first one is called tactile. So rub your two fingertips together and really concentrate on that sensation. So for anyone listening, if you want to try along, I'm actually going to do all of the PQ reps live with Joe. So I'm, I'm busy rubbing my fingers together right now. Why don't you give it a try as well? Yes, that's it. And like really notice the ridges of your fingertips and really concentrate on that sensation. 
And to get a really stronger sensation, but this is still number one, tactile, rub your whole hand against your whole other palm. So your two palms together. And again, really concentrate on that sensation. And then we'll move on to the second type of peaky rep. So this is breathing. So take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And really concentrate on your breathing. And now the third one, so is sound. So listen for the furthest sound away you can hear. And now listen to the closest sound that might be your breathing. And then the fourth and final PQ rep is visual. So you can open your eyes and look at anything in your vicinity. You could look at your computer, some flowers on the desk, and just really notice everything about that object, all of the different textures and patterns and colors. And that's um, the four PQ reps. So basically anytime, how do you feel now, Faye? I feel so calm. I feel like I don't need the Calm app anymore. I can just replay myself this tiny bit of our podcast episode. It's, um, yeah, incredibly calming. Feels mm. like some sort of stress relief. Yeah, exactly. And the interesting thing is to be able to access the kind of positive part of your brain that can use emotions such as innovation, creativity, laser-headed focus, you need to be in this calm state. And most of us operate from that sort of stress part of the brain and we just can't think clearly and can't access those emotions that would help you to handle life's challenges with kind of more joy and more ease and and more and just just better and more efficient really so is that your advice for when we catch ourselves thinking oh my gosh I'm just a complete fraud I don't know what I'm doing why have they given me this promotion everyone's going to realize that I don't know what I'm doing when you find yourself talking to you really yourself really negatively like that, is that your advice that just think, hang on a minute, let's try one of these PQ reps just to bring the stress levels down and calm you down for a minute? Yes, exactly. So back to the ABC. So you accept that that's what's happening. It, you know, is this an empowering thought or is this going to not do me any good at all? If so, move to breathing or one of the other PQ reps. So the best thing about PQ reps is that you can do them if you are in a boardroom or in an interview or wherever you might be. You've always got a second to think, do you know what? I'm going to do the visual one. Look at that plant in the waiting room of this really nerve wracking interview or meeting you might be going into. So, yeah, it's a really great thing. And then you get to think, choose a different response. So, you can access those emotions that I talked about earlier, like innovative, creativity, laser-headed focus. So you will be able to think more clearly and make a better choice for you. Gosh, it makes you realise how many situations this could be helpful for. Obviously, I know that we're talking about imposter syndrome today, but I'm also thinking, oh, actually, with my interview coaching, <laughs> when yeah. I have someone who's very nervous before going into an interview, rather than just 
a breathing technique. So normally I'll practice a breathing technique with someone who's very nervous. I think I'm going to have to start introducing some of these PQ reps. Thanks, Joe. This is very handy. You're welcome. I actually run loads of interview um, training in the past and I always use this for interviews and, and everybody contacts me afterwards and says, wow, because it's a really practical thing you can do in the waiting room rub your two fingertips together and everybody's got different preferences so I kind of prefer the breathing but lots of people say that the fingertip one's really powerful for them or the sound or the visual so again there's different ways that can help different people so yeah it's fabulous for interviews. Well I feel like I could be talking about the PQ reps for ages but I know that you've got three more things to share with us so I better move us along to the second one can you talk us through it? Yeah, of course. So another part of the programme talks about, um, we call it moving to the sage perspective. So for example, when I ran the imposter syndrome workshop, I did a free text poll on why do we let these imposter syndrome feelings get in the way? Why do we let us do it? Because any behaviour we have, there's a reason behind that. And some of the responses were failure, failure, failure. It's an excuse. So if I underperform, you know, I'll be expecting it and they'll be expecting it. Less risk, stay safe. Um, Fear failure, risk. So everything is about this risk of failure because it basically takes you back to the primal thing of just wanting to stay small and stay safe in life and not take any risks. Um, and, And as we know, in life, we just don't have those kind of risks of tigers chasing us and things anymore of us needing to hide in the cage. So, um, yeah, you can you can play bigger if you decide to choose a different path. And the sage perspective basically helps you by saying there is no such thing as failure. What can I gain from this? So what opportunity or gift can I take from this thing? that might be as a perceived failure. So the, the project failed or somebody didn't show up. How can I look at this as a gift or opportunity and what can I learn from it? Well, I'm a big fan of that kind of thinking. You mentioned just a couple of minutes ago about fixed and growth mindsets. And the very first episode that I recorded for this podcast was about how to feel more confident at work. And in it, I taught for quite a long time, I think, about fixed and growth mindset. So for anyone listening who hasn't heard that episode, I'd really encourage you to hop back and give it a listen. For anyone who has heard it, but may have forgotten what on earth I talked about, I'll just really quickly refresh your memory. So the idea of fixed mindset is that we believe that we've all got innate talent for some things, but not for everything. So you can either be really, really good at something, or you can't. And what that can stop you from doing is trying at stuff that you don't think you're naturally talented at because you think you're going to set yourself up for failure. It also means that if you do think you're good at something, so you were just mentioning a project, Joe, an imaginary project that's gone wrong. Let's say that you do regard yourself to be someone who's good at project management and then something goes wrong. With a fixed mindset, there's a real risk that you'll say to yourself, well, I'm a complete failure. I should have seen that coming or I should have known how to handle it. It means that you can end up being incredibly tough on yourself. And so the professor, Carol Dweck, who identified this fixed and growth mindset phenomenon really discovered that actually you don't have to have this fixed mindset the people who tend to be a lot less stressed and happier with their lives and work have something called a growth mindset 
where it's all about realizing that you can improve your skills and it's okay not to get everything perfect all of the time. In fact, that's how you do end up <laughs> feeling happier in life generally and still being successful and potentially being even more successful. So I think that ties in brilliantly with this idea of the sage perspective. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And it's great. They've got loads of studies about this program that have been used in teams and for example, like sales figures went up by 39% when they, after they did the program and lots of different things because you can actually embrace that change, take bigger risks than you maybe normally would and therefore probably get better rewards. So yeah, there's loads of um, evidence to show about the growth mindset. Well, it's nice to hear we're on the same page about it. And it's interesting to see research agreeing and calling these things different things, isn't it? Whether it's the sage perspective or whether it's having a growth mindset. But coming back to the four techniques you're sharing with us. So we've had the PQ reps, we've had the sage perspective. What's the third technique you're going to share? So the third technique is about your story. So most of us have a story that we tell ourselves about, about us. So, you know, I'm shy or I'm outgoing or whatever it might be for you and if it's like a less helpful story that you might be telling yourself it's really worthwhile taking a step back writing down you know what is the story that you tell yourself about yourself and rewriting that story if it's not suitable and 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 the bit in the middle is usually the pq rep because again you can't rewrite the story unless you're in a really great frame of mind and unless you've moved to that kind of more relaxed state of the brain and then get to that rewrite the story and just make a decision that you know maybe that's not true anymore so for me for example I used to think I was shy and it was insane that I'd lived with that belief until I was 40 years of age because most of our beliefs are formed prior to age seven so it's interesting so I'd been telling myself my whole life or my parents had obviously been saying oh don't mind her she's shy so that had formed part of my identity. So it took a really long time to then eventually say to somebody, oh, no, but I couldn't do that. I'm shy. And then laugh out loud and go, you're not shy. And then realize I had, I could choose. I could choose now not, not to be shy. Maybe it wasn't true anymore. So I think it's about really recognizing your own patterns that you might be telling yourself and choosing something else because it might not be true anymore. It's interesting hearing that your realisation, this story you were telling yourself about being shy, you were able to recognise that's not true by a friend pulling you up on it. So I, I also wonder whether all of these techniques would be helpful to maybe try with a really trusted friend. Yeah, exactly. That's it. With a friend. And again, why coaching is so great, because somebody actually questions you on the things you say, whereas most of us in life are often too polite to say, but is that really true, what you're saying? You know, we just go, oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it, with a, but some friends do, which is great that mine did laugh in my face and say that's absolute, <laughs> absolute rubbish. But some some of us are too, too polite to really pull people up, which is why sometimes coaching is wonderful, because then, yeah, I get pulled up all the time on things I say from my coach. So, yeah, it, it can be really helpful. Yeah, the, the power of coaching, isn't it? So that means that we're now on the fourth technique. What's the fourth one? Yeah, so the fourth one is something that comes up in imposter syndrome a lot, which is kind of 
acting like somebody you're not. So for example, you might be an introvert, but you think to be successful at work, you need to be an extrovert. And I worked with um, a HR professional on this exact thing. And she was having these sorts of thoughts, imposter syndrome thoughts, like 50 times a day, maybe more, because she was an introvert and she was going to meetings where everybody else was kind of speaking up and she was suddenly part of the senior management team and she felt like that's what she needed to do. But in fact, when we did a lot of this work, I'll talk about the exercise in a moment, she realized that she was just trying to pretend that she was something she's not. And what she's great at is building one-to-one relationships. So in fact, when we connected back to her authentic self, which even as a child was really thoughtful, preferring one-to-one rather than group, was that she just needed to arrange to meet people after the meeting or before the meeting and really discuss her ideas. So they were supporting her when she did speak up in that meeting. Okay, so now we're getting a sense for how this exercise would really work. For anyone listening who might have a different challenge when it comes to imposter syndrome. So perhaps they're fine talking up in meetings, but it's something else that's making them feel uncomfortable and out of place. Could you just talk us through the exercise that you used with that client in a little bit more detail so they would know how to use it for themselves? Yes, of course. So we use a childhood picture exercise. So like I mentioned, if you can find a picture of you prior to age seven, it's really helpful because after age seven is when we start kind of conforming to society's expectations. So we often end up forgetting who we are because because of all these things, you have to be quiet, you have to be good, you have to be clever, you have to be whatever it might be that kind of put on us by society. So if you look at a childhood photo of yourself and really try and connect back to your true essence, remembering that you are unique and there is nobody else in the world quite like you, And then the more we can get back to that person. So, you know, I used to be really creative, but am I doing anything creative now in my life? No, probably not. So if I try and get back to that and think, wow, I used to be so joyful. I used to love presenting. I used to love acting. Like those things, trying to remember who that pure essence of you is and bring that into your life, then you won't feel like an imposter because you are not acting like somebody else. You are acting like your true self. So I think that's a really great exercise to keep remembering, you know, you are unique and you have amazing things to contribute. Oh, yes. I'm finding it hard to remember what I was like before I was seven years old. I can definitely see how having the photos would be helpful. My mum gave me a photo album last year, I think, actually, of all pictures from my childhood. So when we finish this interview, I'll go and and get it out the cupboard and have a look and see what I can remember. Yeah, I mean, if you're a bit older, it doesn't matter. Usually, like, even age 8, 9, 10, 11, as we get older, basically, you have more and more expectations put on you. So the younger, the better. But yeah, around age 7, but it's fine if it's a little bit older. Thank you so much for sharing those four different techniques with us. For anyone listening, if you decide to give them a try, we would love to hear how you get on. Please do feel free to get in touch with us. You can reach both myself and Joe on LinkedIn and I'll share links to our profiles in the show notes as well. But before I move on to ask you for your book recommendation, you have been giving us some great insight into the Positive Intelligence Programme and how it can help to banish imposter syndrome. 
I know that the programme can be used to help with lots of other things too. So do you just want to quickly share with everyone what the services are that you offer around this? Yeah, of course. So for example, people, anyone wanting to become a coach, I include it in my programme because that newness of starting up your own career after perhaps being employed I think literally 100% of my experience so far is this feel, these feelings will come up because you're suddenly the newbie, you're suddenly really out of your depth. So I include that in my business of coaching program for new coaches, but also I run it for individuals and organizations. So often organizations put, say, 10 people through at a time, which really helps the team collaboration and openness within the organization. So yeah, there's, there's lots of different ways that I've worked with people, but also a great tip is to go onto their website. So positiveintelligence.com and do the free saboteur assessment. And that is a really insightful exercise, which will help you to see how you maybe sabotage your own success. So for example, when I took the free saboteur assessment, I literally quit my job that day because I came out 10 out of 10 as a pleaser and realized the only reason I was staying in my job rather than going coaching full time is because I didn't want to upset my boss. You know, it's really nice and I don't want to upset him. So I'll just upset myself and stay in this job I hate for many more years. So um, even if you don't want to do the program, I think the saboteur assessment is an amazing tool and you will gain you know, masses of insights just from taking that assessment. I love those sorts of assessments. I'm going to go on, well, as well as go and get my photograph album out, I'm now going to do my saboteur assessment. Thank you very much for sharing that, Joe. Yeah. And before we say goodbye, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask every guest who comes on the show, which is what is the non-fiction book recommendation that you have for us today? Yep, I would recommend The Miracle Morning. Have you read it, Faye? <laughs> This book has been recommended to me so many times. It's by Hal Elrod, isn't yes, it? Yes, that's it. So people rave about the miracle morning and the idea, I think the idea behind it is that you get up earlier than you would do normally and you do all these fabulous things before you start your day. Like I think there's meditation and journaling and I have to say, it's not easy to prize me out of bed in the morning, Joe. So the, the idea of having to lose some of my precious sleep time has really put me off trying it. Did you want to say a bit more about the book, though, instead of my hashed understanding of it, having never read it? Yeah, exactly. And I can I can just imagine and, and I run lots of workshops actually on this book and loads of people say, but, but can I do it like in the evening? Because I'm not a morning person. So I do <laughs> the miracle think, evening. <laughs> yeah, I do think it puts people off. But, it, you know, I, and it really is worth your time. It can be as little as six minutes. So there's six steps to it. So it's um, SAVERS is the acronym. acronym. So it's SILENCE affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading and scribing. So I know that sounds like a lot of things, but you can literally do a few minutes here and there because I did, I used to be really good, I must admit, and get up and do a whole hour. So I'd do 10 minutes of meditation, 10 minutes of yoga. I'd fit it all in, whereas now I must admit, I get up about 20 minutes earlier. <laughs> it's just go, go, go. <laughs> and some of the bits like the reading I might do in the evening. So yeah, but either way, I think it's an amazing way of 
bringing amazing habits into your life. And that's, yeah, and just bunching them together like that really helps you to basically just get a better mindset. All the stuff we're talking about today, if you're not able to spend that time on yourself, then those thoughts are going to go round and around again and again. So it kind of is an investment of your time, I think. That's a really nice way of framing it, isn't it? That actually this is about you looking after yourself and a self-care element to it rather than I think what what I've thought, which is like, oh no, (laughs) have I really got to do that? Rather than recognising there'll be a huge benefit to it. Yes, exactly. That's it. And it has genuinely had huge impacts, um, visible impacts on my life, as in shouting at my kids to get their shoes on way less, which is weird when you think if I wasn't doing it, you think we'd be already in time that I wouldn't need to shout. But because I'm now busy doing yoga and meditation, but weird enough, it definitely gives you more patience and more presence in your life that it, you know, the the effects will show up in your life if you can um, embrace it. So I would love to hear if anybody out there starts trying the Miracle Morning. Oh, I may have to finally crack and actually get myself a copy. Thank you, Joe. And for anyone listening who would like to get in touch with you, I know I've already mentioned LinkedIn and I know that you're really happy for people to connect with you on there. Is that the best way for them to reach you and to find out more about your work? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love to connect with you on LinkedIn. And, um, you know, I'm just ultra passionate about this work after literally overcoming all of these thoughts myself and you know don't get me wrong it's not a process that's just done and dusted it's continuous work but I'm really passionate that you can genuinely do anything you want so please do get in touch and I'm happy to help oh well thank you so much and looking forward to catching up with you again soon thank you Faye I hope you enjoyed today's episode and found it helpful If you have been enjoying the show, I would really appreciate it if you would rate and review the podcast for me in either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, because it makes a huge difference in encouraging the platforms to show the podcast to other people who may not have heard of it before. And if you do decide to rate and review the show, please do let me know so I can say a proper thank you. You can always reach me on LinkedIn or at Faye at Bright Sky Career Coaching. Thank you so much and I will look forward to being back again next week with the next episode.